Scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 14, Luke 14, chapter, verses 20, or, uh, 15 through 24. <coughs> it says this, When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to all who he had been invited. Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. All right. My goodness. All right. So, banquet. I thought this scripture would be perfect because it's November, right? November is like the one thing we celebrate in November is what? Thanksgiving, right? Which, if you're like me, is really like the day before Thanksgiving, the day of Thanksgiving, and maybe the day after when you're eating the leftovers. But the rest of November and all of December is Christmas, right? Is it just me, right? Two months of Christmas and like three days of Thanksgiving, right? But we celebrate Thanksgiving and we look forward to this like all year, right? And I don't know about you. Maybe it's just me. I'm, I am a food person. I have realized I talk a lot about food. Uh, however, I feel justified in this because Jesus did a lot of talking about food, all right? We literally just ate the body and blood of Jesus, right? He compared himself to food, all right? So, so Thanksgiving, we're having this feast, this great banquet, right? And so in, in our story, he compares the kingdom of God to a great banquet. And the thing about a banquet is I don't think you throw a banquet— you don't throw a banquet for negative things that happen in your life, right? You throw banquets for the happy things, right? I think of things like the wedding, wedding feasts, right? You throw a banquet when, when someone retires, right? You, you throw a banquet on maybe on your birthday, right? It's all the good things. The good things in life are why you throw banquets. And so this, this poor guy, right? Kingdom of God, he says, I'm going to throw a banquet. There's great things happening, Let's have a banquet. The kingdom of God is like a banquet. And so, to me, the banquet is all about celebration, and it's all about having great things happen to us in our lives, and it's the whole reason we have Celebration Sundays. Celebration Sundays are like our church's version of a big banquet. It's our chance to say, man, look what God did, right? It's our chance to say, look what God did at Fall Festival a month ago, <laughs> right? I've been sick, so I haven't gotten to celebrate this with you yet, okay? There were hundreds of people outside this building at fall. It was nuts. It was crazy. I have never in my life seen that many people at this place at one time. There were so many people out there. And the craziest part was, let's, I don't even know what a rough number would be to say how many people were out there, but it was a lot, right? And I only knew like 20 of them. <laughs> it was just a bunch of people I never met before. It was awesome, right? That, that to me, that's the banquet. It's like, hey, come, come and have some fun with us. Come and celebrate with us, right? Fall festival was something to celebrate. Last Sunday, 
Holy cow. My goodness. You guys, I don't know if you guys realize this. We are here for two and a half hours. <laughs> Did you guys realize that? I walked out of the building at one o'clock and I went, what just happened? Right? But the testimonies that have come out of that have been amazing. And man, <laughs> Anne's back. She came to church last week. She came to church last week back hurting. And she texted me on Tuesday. She said, my back still doesn't hurt. <laughs> right? And we had, we had healing last week. We had people spiritually reinvigorated. I mean, like reborn last week. It was amazing, right? It was amazing. And then to get to the very end, it's like 1.30. We've been at this for like two hours. And he's like, all right, if you want revival coming up, and we still had tons of people here. It was crazy, right? This to me, that's what the great banquet looks like. It's a bunch of people coming and be like, God, let's do this, right? Let's, let's go. It was awesome. And then this morning, we're, we're celebrating. We were celebrating, especially downtown this morning. Uh, the roof is done downtown. Like it's fixed, complete, right? But here's, here's the coolest part of it. Not only is the roof done, it's also paid for, which, <laughs> oh my goodness, it was, holy cow, right? My goodness, like this, that's what the great banquet is all about. It's you throw a party when the good stuff happens. You know, the banquet is about people getting baptized, right? People going on into eternity, finishing their race. This is all banquet worthy stuff. And Jesus is saying the entire kingdom of God is like a great banquet. <laughs> that being in God's kingdom is like being at a banquet. But here's how, here's how the banquet finishes. Here's how the story goes. He says that at the time that the banquet was ready, when the food is done, he tells his servants to go to everybody he invited. Now, remember, if you're throwing a banquet and you're celebrating something in your life, my guess is you're not inviting the person who you don't like, right? You are not inviting the people you consider to be your enemy. You're not inviting, you know, the people who, who are blasting you to your neighbors, right? You're inviting the people you like the most, the people you want to see, the people you want to celebrate with. Those are the people you're inviting. And so he says, he says, go to the people I've invited, the people that I want to be here, the people I've expressly said, come and be in my kingdom. Go and get them, tell them everything's ready. Let's think about Thanksgiving, right? Because we're using our Thanksgiving example at the great banquet, all right? Now, we typically do Thanksgiving at my in-laws, right? So my mother-in-law says, dinner is ready. I don't know anybody in the world who says, eh, maybe later, right? I don't know about the rest of you, right? The second food is done, I'm at the plate, right? I came to eat. <laughs> and yet at this banquet, he says, go and go and tell my friends we're ready. And they come up with these excuses. Now, let me read these excuses to you. <coughs> I've just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. I just got married, so I can't come. Okay. These are terrible excuses. <laughs> Right? I mean, you think, about, think about this for a second, right? Like the guy with the oxen, right? It's like saying, Randy, I want you to come to my house for Thanksgiving. And Randy says, I just bought a new car. I can't make it. What does that have to do with anything? Right? Well, this, this other couple, right? Just got married. I can't come. Look, I don't know about you. My wedding did not last for weeks and weeks. Right? You get married and then you go do stuff like normal people. Right? They come up with these excuses. They're lame. 
right? They're terrible excuses. And they've been building up. They were invited, which means at some point earlier in their life, they received an invitation. They knew this was coming. And still the day comes and they come up with an excuse. I can't make it. I can't make it. Now look, many of us, when we talk about the kingdom of God, right? We, we talked last week about revival. I'm kind of building on that, right? We talk about wanting it and we talk about, you know, wanting to be part of the kingdom and doing kingdom work and being part of what God's doing. But then when the rubber, hit, when the rubber meets the road, we've got an excuse. There's some reason why we can't or why we shouldn't or why we don't have time or why there's this other thing that I have to do. And most of us probably would not look at our excuses and think, I have a bad excuse, God. <laughs> you know, but those, there's something that I often say. What I often say is that a good excuse is still an excuse. <laughs> Even a good excuse is still an excuse. Because ultimately, the problem with these guests is that their priority was not the banquet. Their priority was something else. Their priority was not to be a part of what their friend was doing. Their priority was to be a part of something they were doing. And so they come up with all these excuses on why they can't come. And so, so the servant comes back to the master. And the owner of the house, it says, becomes angry. Which, I don't know about you, I would, I would be frustrated, right? I'm throwing this giant banquet. I'm going to celebrate something I've been waiting to celebrate for forever, right? The coming of the kingdom is something that God's people have been waiting on for, for centuries, <laughs> And nobody wants to show up. The people God expressly invited to come don't want to come. They don't want to be a part of it. I'd be upset. So he gets upset, and this is what he says. Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. He says, go get, go get the outcasts. Go get the people who will come. And so the servant goes out in the streets and he goes out and he gets all these people. And it says, it says he brings them all in. He says, well, there's still room. He says, well, go get more. <laughs> go compel them to come. And so this story, as we have had in most of the gospel, there's a striking difference between those who attend the feast and those who don't. And I got to thinking this week, you know, what is it that separates those groups? What is it that sets apart the people who want to attend the banquet, the people who, who want to be a part of the kingdom of God, and the people who say, eh, maybe later? What is it that sets them apart? And as I thought about my Thanksgiving example, it occurred to me what sets those two groups apart. Because you see, when Thanksgiving comes, the strategy, which I have just realized this week was the wrong strategy— Okay, so hear me out. My strategy on Thanksgiving was, as long as I don't eat breakfast or lunch, I will have even more room for Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, now somebody corrected me that this is actually not real. Like, that I'm actually supposed to eat more the day before to make my stomach bigger. I got a new strategy this year. Okay, but, but here's the thing, right? So I strategize so that when, when my mother-in-law says food is done, I'm hungry. Do you see what I'm saying? So that when that moment comes, I am hungry for the food that is being set before me. And the problem in the banquet is that the people he invited were not hungry enough to come. They weren't hungry. 
Because when I'm hungry, I go and eat. When I'm not hungry, I choose to do other things. Right? I spend my time in other places. And so in this story, you've got people who are choosing to spend their time in other places. In other words, they were not hungry enough for the meal set before them to come and eat it. And so essentially what this master is telling his servant, he says, look, they don't want it. Go find people who are hungry. Go get the people who want it. I'm, I want to celebrate with the people who want to be here. With the people who are hungry enough to come. And in this story, those people are the outcasts. They're the, the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, right? And it occurred to me this week as I was, as I was preparing for this message. You know, I've called the gospel the good news for a long time. When I was growing up, my mom had a Bible, the good news Bible. It's her favorite one, right? We call the gospel the good news. But it occurred to me this week that the gospel is really only good news to people who are hungry, You know, you, you look, you read the Gospels and the people who weren't interested, right? You think of, we normally think of the big groups, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those named groups, right? But there were a lot of other people who didn't decide to follow Jesus either that weren't part of those groups. But there were a lot of people who did. There were a lot of people who wanted to follow Jesus. They chose to, to seek after him, to be a part of what he's doing in his kingdom. And it was the people who were hungry, <laughs> Some of them literally physically hungry. Some of them hungry for healing. Some of them hungry for renewal, for, for love, for compassion. There was something in them that hungered for something they weren't getting anywhere else. And so the gospel is good news, right? And this is the, the celebrating piece in this. The gospel is good news when you're hungry. It's good news when you're hungry. When you feel like you got nothing left, the gospel is good news. When you feel like you can't get out of the, the cycles of, of addiction, the gospel is good news. When you feel like you can't escape that pain, Anne, the gospel is good news, right? The great banquet is for those who hunger for something more. And so, so, so I've been challenged this week to, to, to look at my life the way that I live, I've been really challenged. And part of that challenge uh, came this week. I sat in the same space with a teenager who was afraid to tell me that she had friends who were gay. Because she knew I was a Christian. She knew I was a pastor. She shuddered to tell me. Not that she was, but that she knows people who are gay. Because she, what she knows of Christianity, what she knows of the church, what she knows of pastors, is that that's not okay. We, we don't hang out with those people. And I thought, I thought of that song from a few years ago, Jesus, Friend of Sinners. How far we have come, right, that our table, right? And, and here's the thing, okay, let me just throw this out there because I feel like I should. Okay, you don't have to agree with the things that people do. You don't have to agree with the way they live their life. You don't have to agree with the choices they make to recognize that these are the people that are invited to the table. That the people who God wants at his table are the people who are hungry. Whether they got their lives in order or their lives are a complete mess, he just wants people who are hungry. 
And so, so we, we, have, we have come such a long way from, from, the, from the, let's invite the, the sick, the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. We've come a long way from that being the kingdom, right? That the kingdom is all about those people finding, finding food, finding what they need, to a teenager literally fearful of what I would think because she has friends who aren't Christians, who don't make Christian decisions and who don't follow God. They don't care about church. They, they curse. Afraid to tell me because of what we've presented as Jesus. And so I'm, I'm up here this morning to tell you good news. The good news is that the banquet has been set and that if you're hungry, it's set for you. It does not matter what your life looks like right now whether you think it's cleaned up and nice and neat with a bow on top or you think your life is a mess, right? The banquet is set. The meal is set. It's being offered to you. You are invited into the kingdom of God. You are invited into what, is, what God is doing. It doesn't matter if you feel like you are less than. It doesn't matter if you feel like your life decisions have, have, have set you outside of the, of the things of God. It doesn't matter if you struggle with, with mental illness, anxiety, depression, schizophrenia. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you, if you struggle with, with thoughts that, that you can't quite get a hold on. It doesn't matter. God just asks you to be hungry. Do you want it or not? Are you hungry or not? That's it. Right? You don't, you don't have to meet some bar to come to the table. You just come hungry. You just come hungry. So if, you have, if you've been struggling this morning with feelings of like, am I even worthy of this? Like, why, why, <laughs> why would God want me? Why would God invite me to this banquet? What makes me special? <laughs> right? If you've been struggling with with thoughts of, well, the, the church, they'll never accept me. The church will never get behind me. The church will never support me. God does. God supports you. God wants you at his table. Is he going to leave you the same once you get there? Absolutely not. But that's the whole point, right? We come hungry so that God can fill us. So that we can leave full. So come hungry, my friends. Come hungry. There is no amount of hunger in your stomach. There's no amount of hunger in your body, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. You fill in the blank. There is no hunger that God cannot fill. And you, you are invited to the banquet. Let me pray. Lord, we are thankful that it is not just those who have it figured out that you invite but you invite all of us, God. And you just ask that we be hungry to encounter you, to find the life that you have for us. Because God, there are moments in our lives where that's really all we can offer you is our hunger. And so God, we set ourselves aside this morning. We set aside our pride that is trying to tell us that's not you. You don't need this. God, we set it aside. We sit at your feet and we admit that we are people who are hungry and thirsty for you. 
people who need to be filled. We want to sit at your table, God. It's amazing. It's truly amazing that you invite us to be sitting at your table. The head table. And yet you do, God. You are inviting all of us to come and sit at your table. So God, we pray that we and everyone around us would feel the invitation to your table this morning to be a part of what you're doing. In Jesus' name.